What up, man? What's going on, bro? It's been bro? a long time. Yeah, it's man. Been it's been maybe been a month since the last session. Yeah, since the last session. It's your boy Deuce. It's and Al. We back for another session of the pod. Uh, it's been a long time. Sorry, we left you without a dope beat to step to, but man, life, life has uh, hit me a little bit lately, um, just with being forced out of the crib, man. Can't work from home no more. Oh, okay. You're back to like reality. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. You're not feeling like the the office vibes anymore. Um. Well, I can't hate on the office vibe just because right now it's just me. And the person training me for the role. Okay. So um, I can't trip on that. It's just going there every day. Like, so used to rolling out of bed, you know, scratching my ass and turning my computer on. I hope you watch it. Now it's after you. Now it's more of a production. I got to get dressed. I got to iron my clothes. (laughs) I have to wash my ass. You know, I got to moisturize. Wait, wait. You don't. You don't take showers every day before you get the day going. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. We got the answer to that question. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I live with somebody, so I, I, I have to, but. Well, I mean, like know, at least. I kind of stretch those, those rules a little bit. I, I mean, all right. I guess, uh, lounge around the house, everybody does it. Like sometimes you may not take a shower till the afternoon or something or evening. Um, but I guess for like the work thing, that always helps like kind of start to set the day. Like, all right, you're getting up, you're getting ready. So now let me switch my brain over. But also, you know, I'm up at four or five o'clock with toddlers running around. Yeah, you got a whole different game going. I don't yeah. even think you have like time off. Like you, you, no. you have responsibility. <laughs> you are always on the call. Like I'm not there. So my mentality is you get eight hours out of me, <laughs> maybe nine or ten, and I'm shutting it off. I don't bring my work home with me. None of that. So. Mm. I mean, I'm really compartmentalized in that way. Is there any positives that you find from like the routine of going to the office, having to go out in the world? Anything you like about that that you may have missed? Um, you know, I do like like for me, like I know that my job is not is more like business casual, mm-hmm. and I like putting, I like dressing, <laughs> I like putting on clothing. What? Um, I like you know putting my shit in the bag and going somewhere. I do feel some comfort in that. I feel like a a functioning adult. But as far as like having to leave the crib and it's a production, it's a production that you don't want to do every day. Like you may want to go to work probably two or three days out the week. <laughs> like like honestly, like two or three days out the week, I really want to be. I really want to get up and go. Um, Unless you just love what you do. Right. But, <laughs> you know, for me, <laughs> I've just been trying to get back into mentality of this is just what it is. All right, man. You know, that's the, um, man, that's with everybody, right? Well, I've, I've flown so close to the sun. I know what the other side is like, <laughs> man. I know what it's like to just open up your computer and just go to work. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there I are. I used to just be ground broken for writers and CEOs of companies. And then I somehow have gotten the opportunity thanks to a pandemic and technology. I got the chance to just sit at home and open my laptop and get to work. Mm. That was, I felt like a king. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I mean, yeah. I'm working in my drawers. 
Wow. All right. Hopefully, uh, you never stood up in the meeting. Uh, no. yeah. But there, are, I mean, there are like you know now that I could know I was like unofficially remote during the pandemic. Now the newer gig, it's all remote. So it is kind of like a, a lack of a social interaction. You have to kind of go out of your oh, yeah. way to like interact with people. Because I can go a week outside of taking like the kids to daycare, or maybe running an errand, like not seeing anyone. It's like okay. All right. I wanna... That was amazing. I loved it. Okay. All right. You guys. I had the hermit in me. I'm. I have the hermit in me. That's all. All right. But what if you didn't have any internet though? Well, then it'll be strange. <laughs> I'm used to a world with internet. So, yeah. but right. even then, like to be honest with you, there was a time where, but for a good two years, I, well, not not two years. That's too much. I want to say about half a year to a year where I didn't really talk to anyone. Wow. Wait, like outside of like people in your immediate sort of circle? Like what, like me walking around, like people in like around me, yeah, I would engage in conversation, but like actually talking to someone, no. Wow. All right. So Not even like... I've, hmm. I've been there before. All right. Okay. I forget, <laughs> I forget you are... Like, I'm a weirdo, bro. God, you are the living embodiment of uh, Wolverine. <laughs> I forget that. All right. But uh, I guess we can go ahead and get into it. Uh, I guess you you, know, you mentioned a second ago that you know world of the internet is weird, but I definitely think what, considering what's going on with like Ari Spears and the backlash he's getting for that comedy sketch he did with like Tiffany Haddish, twenty fourteen ish. I bet he wished that was going away. Hey, look, check it out. Twenty fourteen ain't long ago. That this would have been okay. I don't think 1995 is long ago for this to be okay. That skit, you can't even see the kid no more. Whenever you try to watch it, it's a little puppy to come up. Like you can't even see it. So that just lets you know how wrong it is. Nope. Like all all jokes aside, because I'm gonna get into them in a, in a bit. But all jokes aside, that shit is really bad. And um, I think that even without this company being a backlash for something he said, I think he deserves this. I think Tiffany Haddish deserves this because I don't, I don't like you don't fucking kids, but there is a bit of, I gotcha ism in this though. But I kind of feel like it was like, like I feel like it was badly intended and we got around to this. Like you really fucked up. You really, did really horrible shit. To some kids, so, just a minus. Okay, so that's interesting because I, I I have been seeing sort of like you know the 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 think pieces, the responses, the conversations, and there is this central thing. Okay, so while I think it was terrible comedy, I just think it wasn't funny. I think it was one. Of, <laughs> it wasn't funny. At I all. thought it was older in time. I thought it was one of those like something you do maybe it happened like in there early 2000s or, like, late 2000s where they were trying to figure out, like, sketches on, like, internet show, like, the internet. And I was like, okay. Uh, it just worried, like, the joke just doesn't really work. Like, it's just not funny. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I necessarily go with, because when I initially sort of saw, like, the article, like, the headlines, it read as if, like, you know, him and Tiffany Haddish were doing things with these kids. Like, legitimate like sexual relationships or sexual exploitation mm-hmm. like i was like wait okay and then i'm actually like reading into it i'm like oh it's a comedy sketch that's 
about pedophilia for some reason. Um, but that seems to be the extent of it. it. Just wasn't funny, and it was just like it was just like that. The leeway comedians get to sort of touch on edgy topics. If you fail, well, you get burned pretty badly. So I just I was like, when people talk about it, it's almost just like if he actually violated those kids. Maybe you could argue he did in some way, but it just he seemed did. like it was bad comedy. It was it wasn't physical sexual assault, no. And no. then, but but it is still it's 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 still sexual exploitation of children. So then, same way you would do an adult. So okay, an adult is able to consent to sexual sexual exploitation. That's the thing. But I guess the thing would be how is this, how is that different than any kind of media or, or whether it be a show or a movie that kind of that touches on like that kind of topic or because I, I think that this is how you know it's wrong and that there is some type of deviant behavior in it the mother was lied to about what it was allegedly <laughs> so if you have to lie to me because you told me it was for I, I don't know I forgot what you said it was for but it was much more innocent to where Okay, you need children for this thing. The mother led, but it became they was a pedophilia sketch. But like, uh, okay, I guess in fairness, my question would be, why would the mom not be there? Why would she not like ask to see a contract? Why would she not ask like all these things? There's a lot of good questions. No, that doesn't mean um, to your point that negates it just being unfunny. And if that's true, that she they really did. Uh, like lie to the mom, like, oh yeah, it's just something for Nickelodeon. It's going to be harmless and fun. But yeah. I, oh yeah. That's think, that doesn't change any of that. That doesn't change I any. I think of that. that Tiffany Haddish was friendly with this woman. Apparently, I think that was that. That's what they the were friends. Are. Apparently, they were like good friends, at least from the woman's. So account. therefore, you would be entrusting of. Nah. I consider. I, mean, no, no, no. I consider thing, you, like, you a good friend, like one of my oldest friends. I would not just be like if you said, "Hey, man, let me get your kids and go do some video stuff." Okay. Nah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with you. Whatever. Yeah, you built different. Yeah, you you are. Yeah, you built different. She's built different. She's somebody else. I wouldn't do that either. I'm that not shaming silly. her. I'm People just thinking do silly it's weird. shit every day. I hear you. I'm not yeah. shaming her. I'm just like it's kind of like it, it's kind of weird. Anyway, but yeah. that doesn't like sure. none of that negates whether it's right or wrong. I guess. Like I was thinking of, um, like how would that be different from like an SVU show? Hear me out. Where it's about unfortunate, like the story about a kid being assaulted somehow. It's like a kid, and child actor in, and they have to sort of play the role, and it's all said and done. Nothing necessarily inappropriate happened. I know that's, they've got like protocols in place, but afterwards, the kid kind of feels some kind of trauma about it afterwards. Like, that was just an awkward experience. Like, how is that different from just a terrible comedy sketch? Like, they're both touching on a subject that no one, be included. It's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But, like, mm-hmm. like, where do you draw that line where, like, one form of it's okay and the other form of it is like, oh, this is absolutely outrageous. You should be thrown into the jail. That, for me, that was, like, the thing I was having a hard time. Like, wait a minute, but what about that movie? And people were mad about the movie the French lady did, uh, Cuties, where it showed about the preteen girls and how they get influenced about the Yoda girls and, like, sexualization. And I, we watched it. Me and my wife watched it. I don't know why she felt the need to have like the explicit dance scenes, with the, like the the preteens. That was weird as shit to me. But wasn't like he's a fucking pedophile. Just like this is weird. 
I go there, like, because I think there's there's a little bit <laughs> of a pedophilia culture that's kind of mm. that's kind of like okay. low down. Right. Um, but I think that uh, in a situation with Law and Order, I don't know, because be, we're demonizing the behavior in Law and Order. Mm. We are we are damning the behavior, and that's sketch. That's not you making fun of. It. You got Tiffany Haddish trying to teach the girl how to give head, like that's. Allegedly, one of the reports, and I don't think I saw that part of it. But I'm like, that's not. You see what I'm saying? Like, like Euphoria. Like, check the Euphoria out, right? You I can't Euphoria. watch Euphoria. I tried. Like, I get the actors are all adults, but there the, it is in the world where you're like, like take, the, take Euphoria and make them all children, like really children. It makes it horrible. It literally because now, but is it okay I to watch? Have, it? Like, it's already bad that I'm watching. Something that's supposed to be characterized children doing these things. But now you are at, like, but, like House of the Dragon. How cringeworthy was that shit? Oh, yeah. 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 I was like, now, bro. But you, you know that, you know that, you know that girl is an actor and she's older than what she's playing. But just imagine if that's really like you really watching a child get raped. Hmm. And but, see how cringeworthy that is. This whole idea of what Tiffany Haddish and Aries are doing. That's how you feel. It's just cringeworthy. I don't want to be nowhere near that. But in in the at least a little to your point, the little that they you can still see, it doesn't look like anything actually happened. They were just alluding no. to like the inappropriate. Granted, it was some apparently some oil rubbing, which is too far, Aries. Uh, it's too far. You can fly. I had the kid wear a shirt and do it. It's still weird as shit, but at least it's clear that you're being stupid. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they get that nude as a baby or SVU. Yeah. Um I okay. I think there are certain things that don't go on. I just think it was just I think comedians get a license and they got they they understand like you can if you cross certain lines it better be good. But if not, you catching heat. But not but then again, is it criminal? No, no one Do you feel like it's criminal? No. I don't think it's criminal. I mean, technically, I don't think it's criminal. I, because I think if it was criminal and the fact that this case is not new, and they've the mother initially was trying to get some type of like compensation for what went down. They'd be in jail now if it was like, truly a criminal act. Yeah, because not neither one of them have the kind of juice. No offense, especially at that time, to like make allegations of pedophilia on video that is recorded. You know, to go away. Like no, they they two black people. They'd be in jail. Now that doesn't mean. We we've seen interviews, and granted, it's a different crime. But in the eighties and the nineties, where it is alleged that a man is beating on a woman, and he kind of cops to it by way of his his speaking, just running his mouth, he kind of admits to it. Yeah, I, you know, I hit every now and then, and we do nothing. Like we do nothing. We did nothing. There was no backlash. It was just like, oh, yeah, he, you know, he's one of the men that beats his wife every now and then. Like, it happens. People do cop to shit and, you know, there is no backlash, especially back in those times. But, you know what? It's 2014, yeah, so it's not This isn't the height of... This isn't the height of... That's the thing. Like, I'm dead, like, son. <laughs> because it's Aries Spears, I'm automatically going back to, like, 2004. But then you have to have Tiffany Haddish, like, they have to cross paths, so it has to be 14. It can't be 2004. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, because Aries, that's like when he was the height of his popularity in 2000s. Um, 
I think. Right? Or was it in like late nineties? I don't remember. It's like two late nineties, two thousand comic view and uh Mad TV. The impression. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. You're not funny enough for this. And you know what? That's what it is. It's it's the <laughs> you went after Lizzo and they came after you because I just don't think you was the man for that message. First of all, they asked you about Lizzo and how you thought about her music, and you went straight to calling like calling this degrading her. Like I get it. He was being funny. There's a lot of jokes there. There's a lot of material there. Yeah. Huh? He was trying to be. You know, he was was trying to be funny. But but, but it's not funny. None of it was funny. It wasn't. Well, none of it was funny, and that's the problem. Like when you try to be funny, but you ragging on somebody, you better be funny or. But also, in fairness, there is a bit of. Lack of a better word, plot armor around certain topics. Not plot armor, that's the wrong thing. But there's a bit of like people automatically being um sensitive about certain topics. Like I think, um, in the case of Lizzo, by no fault of her own, she's become like the the symbol for body positivity. And people like people will sometimes it seems if you give any kind of critique to your point though, it had nothing to do with what they were talking about. Uh, about her, like they just they come after you. Yeah, I I, I could have talked. I would have said her music is corny because it is. I like some of it. I mean, I haven't listened to all of it. I'll be quite real with you. It, it, it I've heard a nice little bop, but it's still corny. It's like Drake is corny. But you know, like I, her music, at least from my perspective, it isn't really made for me. So I take that yeah. into account. Like it's not. It's made for. Uh, I don't know who's made for. It's made for women who are who need confidence boosting. I don't know. It's made for more than just women. <sighs> yeah. And queens. Queens of all nations. Everybody can't be queens. Like, everybody can't be kings. We all can't. If everybody's royalty, then nobody's royalty. I mean, the idea of that type of behavior, like, I'm a diva. Divas. Why we Okay, I'm going I'm to go on a rant. Never mind, I'm going to stop. I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, no just the whole, I don't know, I, the weird thing where we just keep, Almost glorifying like excess and, and bad behavior. Like, what mm. is this thing where it, it's, and again, this is not Lizzo. This is not a Lizzo thing. It's more of, I think we got to stop glorifying, we as a culture, sort of like this. You inherently are shitting on someone else to boost yourself up. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems like it's hollow and it's really, you're probably just saying that in an attempt to like empower yourself but you're really not okay so give me a um give me an example of what you mean like so a lot of like a lot of because i did the lizzo ride on peloton it's probably the most lizzo music i've heard honestly i'll be completely honest so i have a song here or there so i'm familiar with her themes but a lot of the things in her music are i'm the shit i'm that bitch like in some variation that's essentially what it boils down to and I get like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm powerful. I hear that. But if you are that bitch, then by default, she can't be that bitch. So you inherently are putting her down to lift yourself up. And if, if you really were said bitch, you wouldn't have to say it because it would be understood. And it's the same, I have the same issue with like, like certain rap music where a dude, he's on, yeah. I'm the shit, I'm the shit, you niggas ain't nothing. I'm like, bro, I don't want to hear an hour of you telling me how terrible I am and how good you are. <laughs> I don't. I just don't want to hear that anymore. Like it's not entertaining to me. That's not hip hop to you. I think it's different. I think 
in a sense, if it's a part of it can be a part of hip hop of like bragging on yourself and showing how you know talking about your life, whatever. But make it entertaining. Yeah. Like Rick Ross, essentially to me, makes the same song over and over, but it's fucking entertaining. <laughs> Pusha T does the same thing. He argues. He has way more deeper like things going on. Sure, I hear coke rap. Same song, <laughs> but it's entertaining. I can enjoy that. Yeah, a lot of it is metaphorical. Like he's, it's a metaphor to something, but he uses cocaine as the metaphor. Sure, but you got to pay attention to what he's saying. All I hear is a, the soundtrack to Tony Montana's life. That's what I hear. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm not knocking but you it. Know, uh, I agree with everything you're saying. Is that? Uh, but I know we're going off for a tangent. Everything. I, I can't. I can't. I can't say that I agree with everything. Honestly, I. Uh, okay. I think. That <laughs> okay. It, it I forgot is, you are woke now. No, I just I'm think it takes with all types. It I'm does messing. take all like, like that attitude does rub you the wrong way sometimes. Especially oh. for me because I'm a low key person. It's mm. not my nature to to rub my shit in somebody else's face either. Mm. But I do see those people and I admire the character. I admire that character that you are so delusionally um, confident in yourself that you think those things matter to me. <laughs> like you think those things matter because it's, it's all it is is just bluster. When you take when you tear that somebody's down to their studs, they just like you and me. Mm. They just like you and me. It's just a bunch of bullshit that's coming out of their mouth, and I can filter. And I could I could filter through what's clever, and I could and I could say, oh, that's cool. You present it in a way, and then I can see. A, I feel like I don't know. I just feel like society has limited roles, like for you. Hmm. Like if you listen and you are trying to become a person based off of what you see around you. You're going to become one of four different types of people. And that's it. Mm. Instead of just going inward, just being the best you. That's where your artists come from that are creating these trends. But not even them, though, because I see them fall into the same traps. I talk to just looking at the, the, the woman aesthetic. And I don't mean to beat up on women, you know, but just the woman aesthetic on Instagram and social media. It's like four different types. Break them down for me. And I, you know, if, I, if you know, like, if you can, yeah, even just one, because four, that's a lot. Like, what do you, when you're, like, sort of engaging, like, what are you seeing where it seems like, oh, I'm kind of like, I'm looking at the exact same personality or person over and over. It's the period. I'm that <laughs> bitch, period. It's that shit over and over and over again. <laughs> it's that site, it's that chick over and over and over again. It's like, wow, you guys don't have different types of ways of talking? Like, growing up, like, we had, like, you know, people from Detroit sound a certain way. People from Chicago sound a certain way. People from New York had their slang. People from the South had their slang. Now, everybody sound the same. Everybody's saying the same phrases. They're just catchphrases. It's like inner catchphrase. You know how I am about cliches, because you're not really talking to me. Mm. You're just bullshitting me, because you don't have a purpose. You just enter cliche here. Uh-huh. You don't have a real thought. These are just repeated thoughts and, and phrases that people say all the time. You don't have an original thought of your own. And that frustrates me. And I feel like I don't need to waste my time in this conversation. Let me remove myself from you and let you go spew that bullshit to somebody else. Like, I, it's cool for a rap song. If you put it behind a beat, and you make a bop. But when you talking to me, hell no. Nah. 
This is you can't have conversations based off rap ad libs, <laughs> based off of producer tags. I mean, like you can't have a conversation with me like that. I mean, emojis. You can't have a conversation with me texting me with emojis. I, both... I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and I'm not gonna keep doing. It. <laughs> That's it. It's funny on a side note. Like we both were doing like the similar thing unintentionally. The Aries was doing. He kind of started off with a joke, and then he kind of goes into a rant. We both just did that. <laughs> And yeah, unfortunately for him, he picked the wrong person around about and got flamed up. Uh, but it's interesting. I mean, I mean, I think the world's much smaller. I think because maybe not everybody, but most of us are engaged in social media in some way. You know, the culture itself is it's harder to have it. I shouldn't say harder. It's easier for it to sort of become uh, what sort of want to use there. I'm trying to blame a melting pot where phrases that maybe would have been you maybe would have only heard regionally in Atlanta or the South where it was because like it's popular culture is being spread out. So, you know, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've been in conversations with people who use like sort of terms and things from social media in real conversation. I'm like, well, and I remember because I was having a conversation with someone and they were like point blank period. I was like, well, that's a weird thing to say in the conversation because we're still talking. <laughs> it, it, right. I, it, I, you're not ending this conversation. Right. Like, I, no, we, we literally just started. That doesn't work. I I'm that nigga. <laughs> that nigga that what? What are you talking about? But, you know, I'm built different. You know, it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Are you? You have the same heart. <laughs> you got an extra talk? It's, you know. Let me see it. You got a third nipple? You what, built different? Like, you know, what's, what's going on here? Our culture, man? like American or Western culture, is really built on individualism. So you want to separate yourself from the group. There's like that th- pride in the one take. Now, peep this. Peep this out. It's. It's for, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a lot of black culture to want to individualize oneself because hmm. you feel like you've been let down. So when you get a chance or you hit a lick, now I'm a shit on everybody because I've been felt left out. Like my own people don't, quote unquote, my own people don't even do it for me because they can't. Hmm. And the white people damn sure don't give about me. Wait, you so think, fuck everybody. It becomes very individualistic. You think it's just black culture? Though? I thought that was like, especially with American culture. I think, no, no, no. no. So you see, this is the, our little 12% though is so influential and people love exploiting our shit for money that when we get up, like that's who, what's what we present mm. to the culture. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody likes because it's it's very confrontational. It's very self-boosting. And everybody needs a self boost. It's very self motivating, mm. and it's cool. It's cool now to shit on people, to stun on people, to flex on people. Why? Why do you have to do all that? You could just live your life. If you like nice shit, just wear your nice shit. People will like praise you for wearing nice shit. You ain't got to shit on nobody. Now okay, I you know, like the royal. I get what you're saying. I get you. We could kind of link this into the royal family. You could say that they. They've always exuded a very quiet confidence. They don't necessarily shit on people. Your monarchy, yeah. any monarchy, yeah. there's a built, there's a built-in uh, leveling. The system. model sits on you. The model sits on you for them. Yeah, it's like they oh, are here and you're there. By like, default, we have all these resources. It is what it is. We may not have the same governmental powers, like, but we've yeah. been we've been done with monarchies in the Western world for how long? Why are we still admiring that shit? And especially. I don't understand the black folks 
they admire the British monarchy. I just don't. They're one of the greatest colonizers of all time. And you over here, man, uh, calling her the queen. What's wrong with you? I think it, I, th- I think to that, I know we're, I'm like, I'm, I want to make jokes, but we haven't heard a conversation. Is, uh, um, no, 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 there's why always not? jokes. Well, I mean, like, there's no joke naturally coming. I'm not a comedian, so if I, I don't want to pull Aries Spears. He is a comedian. He is funny. Now, I don't necessarily find him funny, but I, I've heard him say funny stuff. So I don't know if I try, it's going to be terrible. It's got to be natural for me. Um, I think what we saw starting with, like, I don't think starting, at least in my lifetime, seeing, like, all people but black people, like, really gravitate towards, like, Princess Diana and her kindness that she showed to, like, Black people, especially if she came to the states and go to places that normally people felt were invisible, unless you kind of unless you were in that environment or in that social economic class, um, there's always been a romanticization of like royalty and wealth and power. That's you know, that's kind of the basis. <laughs> I would argue that's the basis of the country. Um, I think. I mean, I would like to remind people that she married into that family. She ain't from them. But she. But so. one thing that she brought. She she kind of like bridged that gap of relatability, at least in our lifetime, where people normally, to your point, the words were kind of seen as like this sort of different tier, and there was stuffy, and they really you really couldn't relate to them. But now you have this person who she's relatable, she's friendly, she's got a personality, she's charismatic. Like people like people like her, and mm-hmm. she has like even despite the fact that she's living a life that most people can't comprehend, you still feel like you can connect with her on some level. Yeah, she should have been with John F. Kennedy. Like she should have, like not John F. Kennedy Jr. John F. Kennedy Jr. They should have been together, but then she would have died in the plane crash, and that would have been sad. Well, I'm not gonna comment on that one. <laughs> but um, I will say, oh, that I think that all of that is was planned. Mm. Probably, I, mean, yeah. I feel like because she's like those people in those positions don't marry someone just because they love them. You know, there is some type of ulterior motive. And I think that her being such the humanitarian makes them look good, especially centuries of being bigots, um, that you would start to try to make yourself more endearing to the common folk. Yeah. I mean, I think that show they did ooh, a few years ago when they kind of delve into her life like that. It definitely, you know, pulled from historical accounts where Ch- Charles... It wasn't his first choice. The woman he ended up marrying after her was the woman he really wanted to be with. Um, I think that was like she didn't have enough family to have enough social standing. There's some reason. I forgot the rationale of why that wasn't something that was necessarily sort of given the thumbs up by the crown. Um, but I, I kind of got off track. My bad. Uh, you were asking. I think there's also a desire for black people who are part of, who've been a part of the Western world for centuries, you know, are, unfortunately, uh, our ancestors included, to sort of belong. And I think there is, especially, you saw it, like, like what Diana kind of started when Meghan Merkel married to the family. There was this whole thing of like, oh, now they'll accept us. We, they got a black person in there. Eh, well, you, yeah. <laughs> Some things take a long change. So I think there's always this desire to sort of assimilate into societies where we, um, for various reasons, haven't been able to. So I think black people don't necessarily, this is my opinion, want to sort of be on the outside looking in or always having to sort of 
find ways to innovate to sort of stay in the race. I think we want to be like everybody else for the most part. We want to be able to get our food, to, to get our shot too. And not have all these hurdles and roadblocks and things just that you have to get to just to even get to the starting blocks. So I think there's a desire to assimilate be to like the everybody else. Yes. So I think that's part it's of so like, the desire. It's so annoying. Is it though? Is he, I mean, I, to I, me personally, as a person who kicks it different, yeah. I mean, okay. I can't stand it. Maybe shit. I should say it a different way. Maybe not like you do every single thing that is deemed sort of like what you should do. Like maybe, but at the same time, I should probably say like you know the ability if you if you want to raise a family in a good environment and have resources and a decent career or a small business or you know those kind of things being part of the culture you not having to worry about if you have kids and Tristan Jr. you know opts to you know go to a good school it's not he doesn't have to deal with that weird sort of dynamic like hey Tristan Jr. you're different you're not like the rest of us you're black you know you don't want them to have to deal with that weird and you want them just to be another kid there. Yeah, but I would want, I would, I, I actually find comfort in feeling like I think and act differently than others. Why is that? Not to get, not to get into like a psych, uh, therapy session, but I guess like what is, from your perspective, the bad part of sort of, uh, because I, not that I, not, not that I take ownership in that or take, Joy in that. I think that that I myself made this decision based off my own, mm. or you know, I decided to act based off my own thought instead of being influenced by another person. I say that I don't like to be influenced unless I choose to be influenced. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Like um, if I feel like what somebody else is doing is logically makes sense, then I'll do it. I have to first put it through my filter, though. I'm not gonna just repeat a a bunch of shit I see or do a bunch of shit people say like cryptocurrency. Like I have to actually sit down and think about this shit before I just jump on some, because now you, you become, and I've read a lot about how people think of the masses people like individuals can be as intelligent as they want to be, but they tend to fall into behavior patterns of wanting to be part of a herd and herd mentality is usually extremely stupid. And I hmm. don't like herd mentality. Because you just start doing things because they are things to do than that everybody else is partaking in. Why? Like, why are you doing that? There's no real logic in that other than you want to have the same thing to talk about when you go to work. Or <laughs> when you see this person, y'all want to have the same thing to talk about. You don't even like the show that they're watching, but you're watching it just so you have something to talk about. <laughs> like, just people just doing shit just because they, because other others are doing it, I, I just... When I catch myself doing that, I just, ooh, I don't want to, I, I, I drop social media for a very long time. I'm very inactive on social media because people stare at their phones on that shit all day long. Mm. And I think that it's the dumbest thing. It just steals away your, your moments of your life that you, you just sitting there sunk into a phone and not looking around, looking around you. You don't feel the wind blowing against your skin. Like you don't, you're not present in any moment. You're just sitting there draining your fucking life away on something that doesn't matter. A bunch of superficial false shit. A bunch of lies and statements. Hmm. Um, That's how people are getting fooled by, by fake media. Because you yeah. literally have pages just saying anything. <laughs> just saying yeah. anything. Yeah. I Next thing you. you know, you voted for Trump. Nah, I don't feel like you just fall into that, that bucket. I, no. No. Next thing you, but low-key, 
what my man in Buffalo do? Next thing you know, you're shooting a bunch of black people, even though some of your best friends are Hispanics and blacks. He sat there in the house for fucking. I, not that I say this is a justifiable reason. I see your face. No, no, I don't. I don't know what you're saying. I was trying to think. In the house during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. the the Buffalo shooting. He sat in the house for during the pandemic and rational. What's the word? Radicalized himself, Mm -hmm. like just off off some bullshit, just because he sunk into a rabbit hole and he was dumb enough to go buy a rifle and go actually actually go do some shit. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know this. So that guy, that part of the internet is poisoning. I don't care about the. That I got you shit. Like that's I mean, that's very mild to the shit, the real poison that's on the internet. Misinformation of, of culture, misinformation of history, misinformation of a lot of shit. Mm. Okay. okay, I see where you're going. Okay. Cause I was gonna take the angle of um of uh groupthink, lack of a better word, of like moving with the the pack of the herd, you know, from a biological perspective is how people have been able to thrive as groups mm. where it being individual you have less more of a chance of you know not surviving so i think it may that may just sort of be built into our dna to sort of want to be with others not every single for every single thing but i think that desire is still in us like i think you know not everybody like yourself necessarily gets energized from being around other people but by and large People are social creatures. They kind of need that social connection. So if that means the group says, hey, we need to view a certain topic in a certain way, you know, I'm going to do that to stay with the group. Mm-hmm. I hear yeah. you. But that's interesting. I definitely get, like, the other side. Like, I've been in places where you feel the energy in a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you go... You know, I've been to Beyonce concert and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why you motherfuckers <laughs> love Beyonce. I completely get it. I completely the energy in the place. Plus, she's up there performing. Like, I get that. Like, there's mm. a lot of group situations where there's a lot to thrive off of. When you go to a game, yeah. I love to go to games because there's a communal feeling of behind this team, and there's a good group energy there. Yep. But I'd be damned if I'm a think like every other sports fan. Because y'all are fucking idiots. Every time I hear a motherfucker <laughs> talk about sports, it fucking irritates the shit out of me. Listen, man, the numbers I, are the numbers. I, I hear regular people telling me how GMs are not making good decisions. Like, motherfucker, how the fuck does your operations ass, you have a you have a job in operations, you telling me that you know how a, a NBA team a general manager, what players he should and shouldn't get. He should have got that guy. Don't you think he made a call? Like, uh, what do you... <laughs> like, people don't really Maybe he did, interested. Maybe he did. No, he did. I'm sure if he his did. his organization <laughs> has not been seeing results for decades, maybe he that's sucks. That's all y'all look at. That's all, the, that's all the casual fan looks at. And I think what a lot other, of what the other things look at? too. What? A get, lot of the hardcore fans. I, y'all I just look at... Well, the results are these. Well, <laughs> there's a lot sports of things that is a results, results based. It was, sports is a results based sort of a uh, thing. It is, but the, the only re, the only way you can understand why those results happen is because if you look at everything that made those results, you just can't look at the results and say, "Well, that's it." That's very basic. That's very basic. But are you extending a nuance that you don't normally extend to anything else? If the results are. If if you have a this is extreme, I'm going extreme, I'm calling it out right now. If you have a guy 
who has a pattern of abuse. Mm-hmm. You may not care, like, oh, what, what's going on? Like, what's happening to this individual where he keeps getting in a situation where the only way he knows how to express himself is through physical or emotional violence. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be like, well, let's look at the factors. You're like, no, this guy's fucking abusive. How do I talk? You know me. How do I talk? Woke Tristan? Don't I say you cancel his ass? Cancel his. No, I'll joke aside. Like I'll bullshit aside. I know that's an extreme example, but very extreme example. <laughs> but it's one of those things where if you're a person who loves a team and for like, you know, I don't know, let's say ten years, the team just doesn't really seem to be making any positive momentum. I could see why a casual fan, even if they don't look into all the things happening behind the scenes, would think like, "Yo, this this person, what are they doing? What's happening? They don't seem to be anything, any positive things going on." But this franchise. I'm a Bears fan. For everybody listening, <clears throat> a lot of losing involved in being a Bears fan. That is unfortunately true. I'm not sitting up here like everybody is like harping on the owner, harping on the owner, harping on the owner. And I get that. The owner makes the decisions and those decisions haven't worked out. You want to look at it that way, that's fine. But there are reasons why the decisions haven't worked out. Because they suck. The he's, you look at the people <laughs> he's hired, he's just made, he's hired people that the league, the league has regarded very well. You know what I'm saying? The intel from the league would have said hire these people. They didn't pan out. A lot of times, it's about, well, first of all, it's about the talent you have on the field. There are injuries involved. There are so many variables that you'll just look at this one person and say, it's all on you. Sell the team. Well, you you would be the same person who gets all the credit. Not maybe not all. A lot of the credit if the organization was firing all the I don't do that either. Like, I do it both sides. You can't get all the credit either. Like the quarterback. People like to put the wins all on the quarterback. That is true. Get the fuck out of here. There are... 22 people on the field, offense and defense. How is it all in the quarterback? But How is it the quarterback's win? But I think that is what the that's where I was going. Like the person who's wearing the leadership hat or the perceived leadership hat, you get, you know, you go down with the ship or you could all the spoils. Unfairly or I think fairly. That is, the same thing I with a company. That is, basic, that is basic sports fan, her mentality to wrap it all. Well, that's not even sports. That's even business. You're not looking at things on you're not looking at the actual Because the, the thought process context is of the winning. The choices you're making, either putting people in place or put, making other decisions that you're more involved in certain things aren't working. That and that may not be the truth, but it's the same thing in the business. You have a company, the company starts losing money. Whoever's like the person in charge. Even he or she literally has done everything that every person would have recommended doing in like those same scenarios. It doesn't pan out. Sometimes they gotta they gotta go. They they get the heat. That that may not be fair. That may not make sense. But that kind of comes with the territory. But I hear you. I hear you. I get that. I've, we've okay, had our so we've had our epic debates wanna, about Mercedes or Ty. Do you understand <laughs> predicting games before they happen? That's <laughs> stupid. No, see, I can go on Yahoo. I can look up some stats. They got a whole little thingamajig. Just give me recommendations. You even know what stats to look at. <laughs> yeah, points. <laughs> exactly. 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 Exactly oh. my point. Oh. It's like a casual fans. I, I mean, and I'm a casual fan. You know what? You better think of the casual fan. He's the he and she are the reasons your sports still yeah, around. You hardcores ain't paying the money. The reason why my sport sucks. Like the sport is very watered <laughs> down today. Because of he or she. Well, because of he or she, also, in fairness, that is why, at least for some of the leagues, you know, NBA, NFL is slowly catching up. Those guys are starting to get some really big money because the deals are getting bigger and bigger. The deals are getting bigger and bigger because the motherfuckers is making more and more money. 
But how are they making more and more money? Because more and more people, casual fans. That's I what I'm it. saying. Yeah, that's I what I'm it. saying. I get to but your point. It's make irritating. The sport better. It just makes the sport more viable. For someone and it like doesn't you, mean that the players are going to get more money. <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, it, look, NBA, the NFL is slowly coming around to breaking off a big piece you of You can't do it in the NFL. I'm going to tell you why. You can't fully guarantee a contract to something that you're, like, for five years that you're only going to get use out of for maybe one year. Maybe one year. You can't guarantee a five-year contract to a guy. And you're only gonna, you may only get a, a year out of That doesn't make sense. Fiscally, that just doesn't make sense. You wouldn't do that with any other part of your life. You wouldn't pay for a service that you would have to pay for five years. You only get one use out of one year. Some people would say that's, some people would say that's a bad marriage. That's what marriage is. You pick the wrong one. <laughs> it's a good year or two, and then mm, you're going to pay for it. People get married for the wrong reasons. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> bad contracts happen for the wrong reasons. When you start paying Albert Pujols 20 years, $250 million, you're going to eat them last five years of that contract and be extremely unhappy because he has a he has a pot belly and can't do shit, even though he's hitting home runs. Is the organization making money in that scenario? Like, is there a scenario where they aren't making more than they're losing? Well, I would say because those organizations all make money. So that's, oh, that's not true. 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 The league ends up, and I think as, as a, in a whole, they end up making money because a lot of teams are losing money, but because the big market teams make so much money that the whole league in a whole comes out on top. There are like market teams, I want to say maybe the Angels, where they have. I don't think they're paying Shohei Atani that much money, but I know they're paying Mike Trout big money. But if you are a small market team, you don't have that much value or money coming in. And the only reason why you can have a large payroll is because of the revenue sharing in the league. So they kind of make it so that you can still operate, but you're not making money. And you're sinking money on these some of these players who are in their 40s, and you got them on these huge contracts that you wish they weren't on anymore. So then does that it mean... It just doesn't make sense in football when that dude will be out of the league. Nobody has a 14-year career in football. Nobody has a... You barely have a five-year career. I mean, quarterbacks do have a longer shelf life. It'll depend on how they play. Maybe. And depending Maybe. on, like, the protection and all. Yeah. And how good they are. Yeah. True. But we're, yeah, running backs, some other stuff. Yeah. Uh. What what color is the quarterback usually in the NFL, Alex? Historically, it's been most mostly white. I mean, we're seeing some slowly, you know, yeah. more and more people are like, all right, hey, we got to stop this. But you got to be elite. You got to be one of the top true. 10 quarterbacks. You, you can't be no average quarterback. <laughs> 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 that ain't it. Well, I mean, Geno Smith's They're gonna getting make the you shot. A wide receiver. Geno Ooh. Smith is, I mean, now. I think Geno Smith is uh, he's an, he's the best they got right now. That is true. The men, they get this something the better. They, they get something better. Sorry, Gino, you're on the bench. Russell Wilson got up out of there on the ass, and they got stuck, so. Yeah. Um, but I know we got way. I'm sorry. I know we didn't go out of sports uh, tangent there, but no. That's cool. Yeah. If you want to stay on sports, we can hit the Robert Sarver topic. How familiar are you with that? I Is this the owner that got in trouble for uh, the comment? He made some racial comments during his tenure. And it's also, like, was sexually, has some sexual allegations or, um, Harassment against female employees? Okay. All that, sir. All that. So, I can go through the allegations. I got them pulled up right Boom, here. Boom. Go for it. All right. This is a, a part of a segment I'd like to call reading. 
<laughs> Mr. Sarver, on at least five occasions during his tenure with the Suns slash Mercury organization, repeated the N-word when recounting the statements of others. Mm. Now, how do you feel about that? Like, I, I feel like it's never okay, right? It's never okay. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty clear, like, with people I'm either associated with or, like, I'd say friends who are non-black, I make it clear, like, I'm not, you can't say the word around me. Never okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna, but, like, we're not gonna fight necessarily, but it's like, I'm just making it clear, like, hey, can't say nigga around It's me. less cool. offensive than calling me a nigga. Depends. Depends. No, it's less offensive than calling me a nigga. It depends. Or calling somebody, in, like, a nigga, like, as long as there's no subject at the end of this nigga, I feel like I'm just gonna warn you. If I feel like you're actually calling somebody a nigga, we're gonna have to, it might be a little bit more than a warning, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I know you just have no tolerance for it at all. And I don't blame you, black man. No, it's just, well, I think the first thing is if you're in a position of leadership, you have to understand you're held to a higher standard. Even if you thought you were in like safe, like a space you can kind of speak freely, you should just kind of know like the certain things I just can't do. It's not worth like, it's not worth the risk. Does that mean that uh, it's not being done right now? No. Um, but yeah, you just, you gotta understand. But that sounds like somebody who could lose their job. That's not, that's not an owner. An owner feels entitled. You saw what, well, you saw what happened to, um, what was the, the guy who used to own the Clippers? Yeah, uh, Donald Sterling. This is a very Donald Sterling life. Like, thing. you know, you kind of know there's at least a precedent for what can happen if you get caught up in that kind of situation. Or get caught doing things that may seem unbecoming. Well, they, they didn't take his team from him yet. They only suspended him. I mean, usually you do. The they second get paid. allegation. Let me get the second allegation now. Because Mr. Sarver engaged in instances of inequitable conduct towards female employees. Made many sex-related comments in the workplace. Made inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees and other women. And on several occasions engaged in appropriate physical conduct towards male employees. An inappropriate physical contact towards male employees. Is that fighting? Are you grab assing? It depends. It could be. Could be um could be a number of things. Who knows? Yeah. Right. I, I I know that one of the reports is uh Donald Sterling would uh he would he would touch on the good dude's muscles and so what a great buck. Like deer. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's the and that's the <laughs> The problem to the point you were just saying when you were speaking, like when you know you feel entitled. I mean, either your family or the group that you're like investors, you're the reason all this is here in your mind. You're keeping all this running. I'm making millionaires. You got a nice cushy office job, maybe making like pretty good salary. Everybody's eating because of me. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I feed them. I clothe them. That's what Donald Sterling said. You know, hey, if I want to make an inappropriate comment about the lady working HR's tits. Well, hey, that's what it is, guys. She's doing good. It's, that's probably the rationale. He's probably like, what's the harm? And, you know, it's probably not uncommon um, for those guys to, you know, just date women who are who work in there, who work for them. But now yeah. women are a lot more vocal about, no, I'm good. I'm cool. Thank you. I really feel like dating a co-worker is very problematic. 
and I would suggest against it. People sleep with like, people in their proximity to them, though. I, I agree I with you. I just agree with you. But I think that it's sort of like if you're around the people a lot, those are usually the people you, for the most part, choose from, from like relationship standpoint. Show some discipline, man. I agree. Find somebody else. I agree with you. No argument. Like a lot of pro- the problems that we, you know, find ourselves in as human beings is because you ain't got no fucking discipline. That you don't true. know how to put, like, stay, like, just sit your ass down. Stop. I felt seen. <laughs> My lack of discipline with Taco Bell is why I hear for him now. Oh, man. Just stay home. Don't eat it. But it comes to me now. I can download the app I, and I, press look, a button. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. Because I saw you and our other friends on the chat congratulate him on his journey. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, dude, have, big transformation. I have retired from all that shit. I <laughs> eat what you want. Don't lift a fucking weight. I'm against it. I'm anti. Don't do it. Wait, are you? You mean like you're against like sort of a diet? I'm against not enjoying your life. If you feel like you will be better off giving up shit, go for it. I, ain't, I want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy your life. You only got about seventy maybe of these years, <laughs> and I feel like damn. Oppressing yourself from That's eating it. the things that give you delight are not good. I feel like you only get so much time. I get you want to be healthy. You want to get the most out of your time. That that That's great logic. But if you're doing it because you want to look a certain way or you feel like you should, you don't really have no logic behind it, don't do it. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, it's simple. Just do, I would say the same thing. To a person who's like doing diet exercises so they can like compete in bodybuilding competitions or look a certain way, that I would say it's someone who's like supporting like a Lizzo or who is Lizzo or Lizzo Jason. Do what makes you happy. Yeah, what you're you. saying. But some people, though, man, they put themselves to a lot of stress to look a certain way, to work out every day. It's a lot of pressure. To keep up the discipline. And it's like, it's a lot of pressure. I feel like if you got the stress on you, man, there's no point of that. Like, there's really. You're defeating the purpose of life. Yeah, but I would say... At, same uh, thing with work. Like, if you feel like... If, if work is stressing you out, how much you really enjoying the fruits of what you're doing, you know, all that hard work, it's, it's for a reason, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. How much are you really enjoying that if you're already stressed out? Always drained. Yeah. You're just working to make the money so other people can enjoy it and while you're just a mule, and that's not cool. Yeah, man, but there's, uh, you know, you can feel the obligation, at least as a, from a family man's perspective, to make sure you're doing what you can so that your family has a good life. Now, you're not yeah. wrong. I think you're 100% right, but I think you can get trapped in that sort of mindset of, like, I got to pull as much weight as I can so that everybody else wants to take it easy, but everybody else can benefit from it. It ain't about... Work-life balance. It's all I'm asking for... You, you go as hard as you, you can. Work eight hours, balance. ten hours in a day, sir. Ten hours is extra, right? Ten hours is extra, sir. So you go as hard as you can, but when you leave work, drop it, drop sir, it all. This is America. There is no work-life balance. We glamour, we glorify like the hustle culture. We glorify these stories of you hear about these successful people who spend 16, 17 hours a day working around the clock. There is a work-life balance. You get work-life balance when you're dead. Get to work. That's the mindset. Yeah. Here's the thing. That without context is stupid. You're not looking at the fact that a lot of people's work is a phone call maybe three or four or five times out the day 
and they can say, I'm always working. <laughs> no, you're not, bro. You, <laughs> you make important phone calls. Yeah, but you're not always working. That's you're sitting on your ass. You're doing what you want to do because you're probably a CEO of a company or maybe you are a VP of this or that. Like, they're not working in the same type of way that mm. real laborers are working. And if you keep preaching that shit to people who really work, they're going to break their fucking back. We glorify it, though. We as a culture, not necessarily you and I, but there's a glorification. Yeah, that's, that's part of that herd mentality. And it's, it, it's, it's really the collective whip of the man's on your back. Mm. It's the... Because it's this mentality of I'm always on the clock working. But really, nigga, you just always have your phone on. <laughs> that's not a, that's not doing what I'm doing, nigga. You consider that being on your job? You just got your phone on. People rarely call you, and you have these three hours com- three hour conversations with the CEO of another company that you got a contract with. Y'all have these three hour conversations, and that's what you consider working. Yeah, you, you are working. You. Stoking the fire of that relationship, but it's a lot different than your fucking frontline employees that you're telling to work 10 hours. It's it's the collective wit. Like, it's this collective marketing. Work, work, work. Interesting. Work like me. I'm always working. No, you're not. That's interesting. Because uh, we unintentionally are getting to, like, the labor, a labor discussion. Yeah, that's fair. The great resignation. That That's what we're... We're, li- we're living through that right I'm, now. People are waking up to the fact that, nah, bro, you got to pay me some more money, bro. Apparently, though, I was reading an article, uh, maybe last week, maybe early, last week, that at least in some of the studies that they're doing, some of like, in talking to individuals, let's say surveys, not studies, of talking to people, like, since that's been happening, apparently, like, the about half the folks regret it. Cause they were kind of like, it was the, you were getting energized, like, you know what? I'm not happy here. I'm going to go find what makes me happy. And they get to new jobs, and it wasn't what they thought they were, it was going to be. Or there's a lot more sort of expectation put on them now that they are making more money. That they're like, oh, man, this is, isn't really cracking up to be any better. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that's part Here's of the it. thing. You do have to have a work ethic. Right? Unless work you're rich. Work ethic is very important. Unless you're rich. If there's work to be done, get your ass up and do it. But... Just like these CEOs and these owners and these inventors and these people who have startups, once they get big, they start to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And they've already sold the seeds of these business relationships where they got this contract with this person and that contract with that person. So now I'm just fostering the shit. And guess what I'm doing? I make three or four phone calls a day and I get to do and go wherever the fuck I want to go. That's that that should be. What people should be aspiring to, not working 10 or 12 hours a day to get a pension and retire and have your kids go off to college. There's a very, there's a ceiling to that. Mm. It's about making it to the point where your ideas are paid for. You get paid for thinking. Once you start getting paid for your ideas, you've made it. So what if I was to say... But if it seems to be like working to retire to get a pension or whatever it is works for a lot of other people, why shouldn't I do it? Do we, <laughs> I mean, okay, first, so let me, let me ask the question a different way. What do you mean works? Works is relative. Work, works, what do you mean works? Well, well I would say stability, comfortable life. Um, How comfortable to, are you really if you're always working? Depends. I mean, it would depend on who you're talking to. Like, if I'm always like, like if same. you're sitting on the outside looking in at somebody, and you're saying now that person's work, his family's comfortable, 
and he seems comfortable. Now, we'll actually have a conversation with this person about their job and what, they, what it is that they do. And they'll paint a picture of it being a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is probably. That's how they look at it. And of course, people are already going to exaggerate what it is they do because they're very proud of it. But for me, if I hear that shit, you say that shit to me, it just seems like a bunch of shit that I don't like a lot of it that I don't want to do. Like you mm. are pushing yourself beyond it's just being your ideas. Now you're paying with your body. Mm. You're paying with your body in stress or f- actually physical. Maybe it's the labor. You're actually paying with your body. I'm not into it. I'm just not. I feel like I'd rather get paid off consulting to me. It is the illest job ever. Motherfucker just be a consultant. Motherfucker could just come to you and say, hey, I got this project that I want to do. How do you think the best way it is to go yeah. about doing this project? Yeah. You can ask somebody look over no. your proposal and consult you. That's I, the best work ever. I worked with consulting for a number of years. While uh, it is very lucrative, it is if you don't want stress, that is the wrong business being. That is the you know most that is the, a, like somebody put something on your lap. Yeah, that is the most stressful environment I've ever worked in. It's con- it's constant. It, it's around the clock work. You get email if you're getting emails from clients or whoever it is at midnight. The expectation is that you're answering them by one o'clock. Yeah, that's around. You're always on. You're all you can kick you can kick ass at the office all day. All right, now we're going to the bar. Now you gotta make deals. Not, Depending on, depend on your level, foster relationships. You know whether it be with the top dogs of the company, whether it be with your client counterparts. Like you're, it's a twenty four hour job. So mm-hmm. it, that ain't the job you now. There are parts of people who have consulting gigs where it's a lot more to your point, customized to where they can just rely on their relationships. So they built this expertise in a domain. So people just kind of know they kind of make their own terms for the most part. But that ain't the job you want if you're trying to chill. Yeah, you do You do have to prove yourself. That's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a beginning part where you have to prove yourself, for sure. Man. But if you're always proving yourself until you're fucking 50. That's how they get you. That's how they, because the carrot they, at least in the big consulting firms, is, hey, if you're here, you're already like one of the elites. But now you got to, everybody got to fight it out to see who's going up this ladder. There's only so many carrots. You're close. Come on. Get the partner. Just keep coming. Keep, give me a little bit more. Give me a little, and then it's like, well, hey, look at her. Look at him. They're doing more. Well, they did something at two o'clock. Why are you waiting until like nine o'clock to answer? What are you doing? You want to get the partner, right? Yeah. Come on. It's it's, that's it's a, rough. That's, man. A, that's a classic. That's to rough, me, that's brother. a classic idea of somebody who a firm situation is. There's a top dog who had has had all these grandfather relationships. Mm. These grandfather deals made a lot of money and started a business and created a pyramid because that's all a business really is. If you look at the structure of a business, <laughs> oh, what does it look like? Oh, like here we go. Oh, no. And the scraps come down to the lower level consultants and they have to fight over what relationships have not already been won over. They have to build their own life up. That's how every that's how sales is. That's how stockbroking market that's that's how a lot of jobs are like you're talking about the ground level is always the no that's not a ground level i'm talking this is up this is up the chain this is that every single tier there's there's somebody up there who's whose name is on 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 the firm on all the partners they do less work the partners do not do less work they don't do the same they're not doing the same type of work that people are doing to your point who are maybe on the like doing like project individual locations, they're doing different types of work. 
The partners are always working. Always. They always got their phone on? No, I mean, they literally always, they're always working. Like, they're always having to travel. They're always in meetings. They're always, sometimes some of them are always on the phone. And f- to your point, that may be a lot easier than someone having to, I don't know, someone having to write a shitload of code or manage a project of hundreds of people. That may be, it may appear to be easier, but the stakes are way higher. Oh, I, I agree. The stakes like, are extremely high. So that stress can eat you alive too. But that stress, a lot of those they got to produce. They got to have that the point. time to have all the stress release that they can. They do. They have the resources and they can take the time off. Like they have more some, control over their life. Some, I, some. They have more control over their life. I don't, they choose I, not to, but that's still a choice. But it, it gets even more, I would say it gets even more competitive in that because they have to, you have to sell a certain amount to stay a partner. Because at that point, if you're not selling, you're out. Like they well, have yeah, top five percent. Yeah, top five percent. You always going to have to. But I mean, first of all, you've already got a lot of a lot of tricks in your bag. Once you get up there, you've done a lot of work and 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 relationship stoking. You're not up there with nothing. You're not up there on the ground level trying to find new. You may be trying to find new people, but here's another thing: if your name is on the firm, you gotta. But you're talking. Level but you're talking about two different like scenarios: being a partner of a firm and then your name on a firm are two very two different things. Usually when you go partner, your name usually ends up there. On a smaller firm. On a smaller firm where it's like a handful of people, yeah. But we're talking about, I guess we got to frame the conversation. We're talking about like partnership. It depends on the size of the company. If we're talking about a company, to your point, maybe yeah. family-owned, or maybe has like, I don't know, the person or family who started is still there. Yeah, you might. A lot of times people who get partners, they aren't their names aren't on the business. They start Okay, getting, so like, even if your name isn't on the business, you have a name though. What do you mean? By the time you made partner, you have a reputation. Because yeah. partner is a, a huge step. And it's like, it's very high. I know that. I, I may not be in that field, but I know that when you, once you make partner, that's a big fucking deal to a lot of people. And people know about it when you've made partner. The title that partner, gets around yeah. in your field. Yeah, especially but, if you're at a big firm. But I think the argument that it's easier isn't... I don't think it's... At least in that capacity, isn't really true. I think the work, the type of work is different. I think to your point, you get you get a bigger piece of the pie. You get a way no, you do. <laughs> you get a way bigger piece of the pie than I was getting. No argument. But that's one of the reasons I got out of it because in getting to know those guys, they work nonstop. And I was like, this is. I remember on the road with one of them and small kids, and he's having to like the older kids get it, but like the small kids are just like he's the equivalent of him spending time with them is him like talking to them on the phone at nighttime or doing video at that point. And he was like, it's rough because they're like, oh, daddy, hey, where are you? And, you know, they're like, they're small. He's like, yeah. he's like, hey, as much money as they were making, at least in that scenario, I have worked other places where it was more localized to your point to where it did seem like they were chilling all the time. Like, what are you guys actually doing? Like, you guys are never here and you always seem to be in a good mood. So what's happening? But who knows? <laughs> um, so the, ah, I think I agree with you. I do. So let me not, because I feel like now I feel like we're splitting hairs. I just think the stakes are the stakes are similar or maybe higher, and that your hours are spent doing different things. But to your point, maybe some of the one people who get glorified are the ones who like, bro, you're you're on the phone, yes, but you're not on the phone all day. That's fair. I mean, you may have to take a a, a call at one o'clock in the morning. But it's one of three or four calls you've gotten. They just all 
are 950 to $1.2 million deals that are huge. The stakes are high on. I get it, but you go to a call center, motherfuckers take 800 calls a day. You got to have the same fucking, the same work ethic through every call. Like to keep that up is a lot. Like, granted, being a call center agent isn't the hardest job in the world, but the motherfucker's busting his ass. It's not the it's not the highest stakes in the world, I should say. But that person is working extremely hard, and um, I feel like working hard, you gotta start working smart mm. at some point, and you do have to take on more responsibilities where the stakes are higher. That's part of growing up. That's part of adulting. Unfortunately, that we all have to go through. Oh, okay. I, I hear you. I thought you were going to Dame Dash right away. Well, you got a boss. You a sucker. I'm like, okay, Dame. Wait oh, a minute. No. Wait, Dame. Hold on. I just feel like people Hold need on. to get to a point. Like, I honestly would love to be able to get to a place where, yeah, I worked hard. But, like, this working from home thing has opened my eyes to the fact that that would be dope as a father to be able to do really good work from home and be around your kids. The downside so far, granted they're little, is that like case in point yesterday, I was working on stuff like pretty long like, a long time. So the oldest, he wanted to hang out. You know, he's three. So, you know, he brought his little Spider Man chair in the office and he's like watching YouTube eating his dinner because I'm still working. Mm-hmm. So that's like it, it it's the <sighs> they're pros and cons. Like you do have more flexibility when you have kids. But sometimes, you know, when they're sick or, you know, you just kind of, they just kind of need you. You know, it's, it's tough to kind of balance the work life. It's kind of tough to balance the two responsibilities. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway. Yes. I think that uh, one thing I got from some of the podcasts I listen to, they talk about the pandemic and where everything has gotten them as far as working. You've got to create boundaries because your work will start invading your life too That's much. True. So you got to say... Well, I'm going to like people will say that you should get up and try to treat it like a regular day of work, get up and take a shower, get dressed, maybe go work out, get dressed and sit and then you sit in front of your computer and work. And after eight, nine hours, stop. And, you know, what I'm saying treat it like a regular work day. Yep. OK, because I know we uh, are. just so we can get into some of these other topics. I know it's been a long time. We got a lot to cover. We actually just been shooting the shit about a lot of other shit. Um, the PNB rock death. You. You uh, tough to make video, tough to make clips of this kind of content sometimes because we just get into these conversations. It's like, where do I stop it? No, uh, for that, I don't necessarily have anything to say about his death. Like, it, you know, it sucks for his people who cared about him. It was more of, is it a time to have that conversation that we've been avoiding culturally? That is it, the chicken or the egg? Is it? decades of music that has kind of been telling some glorifying whether or not the person is doing much better than you in life or in some cases this person is still in the streets I don't think in his case I don't think that was the case um, is that prompting pe- people to be uh, the streets to sort of look for like people they can uh, take the wolves take advantage of so this guy's talking about all this bread I see I know like he's in he stays like in this in the city I'm in I'm going to catch him lacking. Or is this more of a byproduct of just uh, a certain community is just not really creating environments that are helping like the younger generations get better opportunities? Because I feel like we keep kind of seeing the story play out where you see an artist or someone sort of start to like make money, start to rise up, and then he or she, or mostly he, pretty much he, 
ends up getting killed. Yeah. Is it the music or is it the environment? I feel that. And people did think it wasn't like that way, you know, wasn't the best idea to post like the location or, you know, considering he'd already mentioned he'd have him surrounded the people trying to try, like, trying to, you know, catch him slipping. Yeah. But I is mean, it, this is just, the music you had a warning there. Culture? That means you had a warning. If you felt like that, that means you had a warning. Hmm. And now you're posting your location as a, uh, as a celebrity. It's just not, it's just like pop smoke happened. Like we didn't learn anything. I think that one was like inadvertently was a, shared like his location via like a receipt or something. And they, I think no, nah, he, he did like a, I want to say he did like a story or an oh, Instagram post. I thought, and I thought he was, went live or something. Like he shared something like, I guess they were having a good time where he was and he, they didn't realize like they had like something that had their address on it and you couldn't see. Like, oh yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, right, they right, end right, up, right. I was you're like, right. damn, they blew up. They, they went like, they blew up the, the picture to see the address and kind of did like some surveillance in the cam. Like, that's that sucks, man. But stop trying to flex on people. I guess the thing is, but why is it okay for somebody to rob you or in some cases kill you? It's not. Mm. But that's not. It's here's the thing about those things, Al. They're always going to be there. There's that's always true. people. That's true. Who want to rob and kill you? That's never going to change. Yeah, and I, I get fair. everybody wants to live in a utopia where people don't <laughs> commit these types of acts of violence because somebody's getting shitted on in capitalism. Mm. And somebody has less than you, okay. So they're always going to be there. You got to move different. It can't. You can't expect the world to change. I'm sorry. I, I think that's very arrogant of people, and the people do that today. Like they expect the world to change because I should be able to do what I want. Yes, you should, but the world's not going to change, young lady. You should be wearing that around just any old man because you don't know if he's a pedophile. I'm sorry, they're out here, and there there are actually larger numbers than people think. Wait. And no. You got to be careful. You got to move different. Wait, what? Are you? Oh, sorry. Are you referring to like teenage girls who maybe don't think you know they're just living their life? And then I realize like that maybe grown men will be more uh, inclined to try to approach them if they think they're they dress older. Okay, okay, okay. I remember. Okay, yeah, I remember one day. This is this is no lie. This is my story. This is my life. I remember what like I used to be. I used to do a, some internet dating back when I was so. <laughs> used to be a scumbag. Okay, I was on POF, Plenty of Fish. Okay, okay, I was. I don't know what that is. And this chick got at me, and she invited me over. So, wait, did I you went over? Uh, quick, I, I know, I know, it's like time, so I'm not gonna draw it out. But like, how much time did you spend getting to know each other before she invited you over? Probably two or three days. Wow. Okay. Bad. It All was right. bad from the get, but I was oh, you know, I was being dumb too. Oh, man. You was gaming? All right. Okay. Game was strong. So I go over there, and she answers the door. No lie, Al. She answers the door in some briefs and a wife beater and her house slippers. So I'm like, strike one. <laughs> I'm not that dude. Like, I, I get a lot of dudes, but what's wrong with you? Uh, stri- that's strike one for me. <clears throat> then, we proceed to, you know, I smoke. So, she asked me if I had some weed on me. And I was like, well, just so happens I do. <laughs> so, that's strike two. You didn't even know it. That's strike two. And we're sitting there, we're smoking and talking. And the, the conversation 
was like talking to somebody the catchphrases, you know, real mm. dumb and young. So then I knew she probably lying about her age because she told me she was my age. I think I was like 26, 27. I don't know. 28, maybe. I don't know. And she kept, she was talking to me. It just nothing was coming out of her. So I was probably like, I'm going to have to start planning my exit. But then this shorty came from the back, a little girl, and all she had on was a T-shirt. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, very inappropriately dressed. And like her cousin was in the back with her kids. Like her cousin was in the back with her kids, but her kids were inappropriately dressed. I was like, bruh, y'all gotta do better than this. This ain't this ain't like you just brought a stranger over here. Granted, I'm not that dude, and I'm just gonna walk out of here completely disgusted. But y'all just brought a stranger over here. Y'all don't know who I am or what mm-hmm. I'm about. I could rob y'all, let alone try to do something funny to y'all. And y'all just let me in here. Hmm. I hope y'all got that thing on y'all something because that's just a bad situation. That's what I mean when I get it. You want to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do, but you you can't just, you can't be naive. I hear that. So, okay. So you think it's not necessarily... Uh, the culture of music is sort of creating an environment where people are being encouraged and incentivized to, uh, you know, hit a lick or whatever term is now. I don't know what it is anymore. You mean the same way music and culture has always been here saying those things? Yeah, but I think we've always like, been avoiding... We do it to the music, but we don't do it to, to the movies we watch or the, the programs we watch. We don't think that that has any influence. The heist movies, the movies about, you know... Thug shit that people watch. Uh, people watch Scarface. People watch Boys in the Hood. There's a lot of other avenues in which people get violence, and we always want to harp on black music. I think that the difference there is that, at least historically, like at least that the music has been uh, promoted and marketed as reality, whereas opposed yeah. to the film, it's like it's understood. You're right. It's there, but. You walk in knowing like this is a fantasy, unless it's like, oh, we're telling someone's life story. So I think there can be that's fair, but I think there can be like a separation of like, oh, this is fantasy, and you do hear some of the older guys who, um, who talk about the influence the film did have on them when they were younger, to a certain extent. But I think because you've also told people like, hey, rap is real. This is real life. You're almost it. it it's it's. Music already has like a, I think, in my, in my opinion, a profound impact on people. I just think it does, just because of yeah, the, the mafia was real life too, and all yeah, but the film and the mafia have been doing is trying to emulate mafia shit. But that's that's different though. How? Because the mafia in the movie you're watching the mafia, it's you know it's a film. Now some of them are built based on real people, but mafia films are just you know for mafia shows like Sopranos are just about. A real topic with fictional characters, but if I am fictional telling characters with real mafia members on set that they consult about real mafia shit that they put in their shit, like still doesn't they're mean not, they're they're putting authentic. That's not the same thing though. It gives an authenticity, I guess, to like the people who know it the best to make it more seem more of a gripping story to the viewer. But I'm not you're not telling me that oh Tony Soprano is a real guy. He's watching his life in real time, whereas opposed to. You're not going to tell me that this rap star is really 
But that's what's being promoted it is. That's what that is what it's been promoted as. Like you're telling like they are telling you, not all, that this is my real life. These are my real my real niggas. This is my crew. I'm doing all these things. So I have done them recently. So to your point, Good it should fellas, be understood. Goodfellas was real. Goodfellas was real. I, so wait, Casino I, was real. What do you mean they were real? Based on real events. Well they so then the kid they were telling Byron, they were were they taking real events and then taking creative license creating Fictional characters. Well, so, they actually talked in Goodfellas. It was based on. It was based on the gangster that went. That, well, he wasn't actually a made man, but he was, um, like a henchman turned informant. It was based on his accountings of what he went through, and the trial and all that. It was based on they had the Lufthansa, the Lufthansa heist. The Lufthansa was actually a flight that that was heisted in the seventies or the eighties. I forget what. It was based on real shit. But it, so, it was still a film. You still weren't watching like a real time account of someone's life. You were watching a movie. It's that, being glorified for sure. So your argument is that oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't point out that there seems to be a direct correlation between the content of the music and how it's impacting a certain aspect of its fan base because films also fall fall in that category. Yeah, we shouldn't just choose to point at one medium if all of them are doing it. You want to clean up film too, to the point where there's no violence in film. I think because people are influenced by film, I even though it's fantasy. People were influenced by GTA, even though it's fantasy. You know it's fantasy, but people got you got scores of people saying that Grand Theft Auto has influenced their kids to act recklessly. I okay, I'll take you. I, I don't know that. I would have a hard you, time. You never heard of somebody saying that they thought that Grand Theft Auto was the cause of a lot of violence. Especially along amongst children, I haven't. No. Okay. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a big thing, especially when we were playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto in the two thousands. It was a big thing. People grabbing rocket launchers. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. I'll take it. I think we try to guard cool. hip. I think we try to guard hip hop because it's black because it's black the black artists. A lot of times, you're seeing people make successful lives for themselves and. Whether it be directly making the music or being a producer or you know whatever it is, so there's a we're guarding it. But I think at the same time we we have to have a conversation where it can't be well that's also wrong. So don't talk about this when this is directly influencing people and they're referencing this stuff as an influence to their lives. I think there's a responsibility there. Now I don't think it's that takes the away the responsibility if someone says that movies are, are nah, influencing bro. lives too. No, nah, bro. I think that's a I think that's a cop out argument. I think we're just trying to stop by stepping because we don't I think at this point, because you can't be like somebody now, maybe we could have this argument if we're talking about guys who are our age or a little older who grew up with those movies. But I think now we're talking about kids who are twenty and under, they may know of these films, but that's not what that's not what's influencing them. They don't have movies now. No, not, nothing really. You could argue some shows. You could argue their shows, but I think the argument is like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what the music is doing. I think that we got to stop avoiding the conversation, man. We, we got to. It, that, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. I'm just saying that the influence comes from all angles. If you cut off, if it's just to say you get rid of violence in hip-hop music, you think you're not going to have violence in society anymore? That's not, what I'm, that that's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you can't, if there's, that is the strongest message you're getting in the media for a certain group of people, black people, that seems to directly be impacting certain communities of black people. I think it's, it needs to have the conversation in terms of like, why are you counterbalancing this message? Because I think if we keep ignoring it, it doesn't mean every single kid who's 
black or who comes from a certain community listens to rap music is going to be in the streets running wild. But you definitely see an influence of whether it be art imitating life or vice versa, where it's directly impacting our kids who end up becoming adults. So you don't adults. think his circumstances have any impact on him? It's, it's got to be something else. Circumstances don't matter at all. That's not what I'm saying. I feel like we, we keep, I feel like you keep throwing out things, you know, to like avoid the conversation and say, well, we, we just like, oh, we'll talk about this instead. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, I'm not saying that. You literally We're talking about violence and the, the impact that things are having on violence, but you're, you're pointing at hip hop music and I'm saying, I'm saying that even if you took hip hop music out of the equation, you're not changing anything. You're looking for an easy scapegoat. And it's been it's, it's the same easy scapegoat from when Tupac was out and when Biggie was out. It's easy to just point at other black people and say, you're the reason for your community being like this. And we never have a conversation. We'll never really have a conversation of why this is really like this. Not in a public forum. About white people and they're culpable and why black people are where they are. It's always you niggas is doing it to yourself. Okay, so, all right. So then, I guess, explain to me how white people impact the music that black artists choose to make. Okay. So, the people who make the most ignorant music are the ones who are more successful. White people put them in places to be more successful. So, they, the artist is choosing money over content. Exactly. So they're choosing to do it. No one's making them do it. No, I'm not saying that. But it, it is there. White people do have a say so in all this. It's just not the content creators themselves. There is plenty mm. of content out there that is deep, that is soulful, that is not about money, glitz, and glam, hoes, and and riding around in cars and clothes. It's about a lot of other things. But that's not what's being marketed. It's being marketed because violence. It's always going to be more marketable because money and extravagant things are always going to be more marketable. That's just human nature. That ain't got nothing to do with just black people and the choices that they make. No, dysfunction at some point, it can't be everything else, but there's a common denominator. And I think think if we're going to have a complete conversation, that includes media, which includes music. And I think we got to stop doing this thing where we we don't want to talk about the elephant in the room. We've had so decades. So let's have a complete conversation. We, Don't just put it on a thing as a scapegoat. Like this is, is this escape? is our issue and is our problem, a, and that's not the the only case. But the problem is, whenever that conversation comes up, you immediately jump to, "Well, let's not talk about the music." It's like, "Well, you have to. You spent decades no, we glorifying." We can talk about it, like, but I'm saying, if you're going to have a conversation, that's what happens with a lot of times with people who try to want to have this conversation. It's never about. The whole the whole picture. It's about the part that you want to point out that where you have your thoughts and your feelings come from, your opinions and your Be, how you feel about it. But think, it's always from one point of view. But like when you, you find a conversation, have, okay. you do have to look at other points of views other than your own and say, well, you know what? That may be a cause as well. But people don't do that. People have their own ideas and shut off themselves to all, all their ideas because I already know what I think it is. So let's see if you agree. And if you don't agree, if you bring up something else that I haven't even thought of or I feel like is not part of the problem, then you're diverting the conversation. Like, like the conversation is just so basic that it's just this. Like, this is the only issue. No. If I bring up anything else, because we're talking about influence of violence 
in a black society, we get more, way more influence than just our music. We see things around us. We watch movies. We watch television programs. We get violence from a lot of other but places. I think the so just picking the music, I just feel like it's real lazy. No, but I think the problem is when you intentionally, if you're having a conversation about a topic, about a particular topic, it's like the influence of how media, whether it be music or movies, how influence that has on the larger culture, I think you have to stay within the frame of that conversation. Now, if you want to have a larger conversation about some of the plaguing issues of the black community, then I think you can have a larger one. But when you start, if you're, if you're talking about football and then you bring in something that's maybe football adjacent, it becomes hard to have the conversation because then it's like, well, now you're really talking about things that are very different sides of the conversation that don't really get to the core topic, what you're getting to. It, it depends if that football adjacent thing had a huge influence on football. I just, I frankly think Black people, we guard our, we guard our art, and we, whenever we hear anything that may sound like we want to censor or want to, maybe put more onus on the music being created, we get a little defensive, me included. Well, I, I right now, I've just been giving you sound reasons of why people, no, would was- not would not like you to just harp on one thing. Look. If Jay-Z's influenced by films and then the next rapper who more than like, I don't want to say more than likely because I don't want to be hip, like put stereotypes out there. He could just be enveloped in hip hop. But if he's also enveloped by poverty and he's heavily influenced by Jay-Z, those themes come back up. Those same things are going to come back up. And let's not act like Jay-Z is not part of this violence and crime thing. He, he 100% is. is. So if I'm trying to be like Jay-Z, then guess what's going to be in my music? Those same type of things. So then the next artist comes out. But the root was Jay-Z became what he was because he was influenced by what? He told you a lot of films and a lot of old school music. A lot of old school music that low-key had also had a lot of crime in it too. There was a lot of old school music back in the day that told about the streets as well. People weren't up in well, people were up in arms, usually white people up in arms about that type of music. Saying that so, it's contributing to what the reason why those monkeys over there act that way. So, okay, let me see. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the parallels. So, because by what you were saying, previous artists were influenced by media of their times, which gave them ideas to aspire to creatively. They and the subsequent artists really shouldn't have any culpability in what their art could be essentially doing to continuously glamorizing or giving people who may not, in their opinion, have many options to aspire to. Is that what you're, like, you're getting you, you to? You could. You, you can have your opinion. But I mean, and I'm asking you. I'm, just, is, I'm trying to ask you. That person is being financially rewarded to do so. A lot of people are going for the money. and that, That's not just black people. That's the world over. In this particular context, I'm concerned about black people. I'm gonna be. Honest. I get you, but that you're not. You're not gonna be able to cure black people in a vacuum. I'm not trying to cure a society. I'm not trying. I'm not even. I'm just more so wanting like. I still like, don't see the conversation happening because this, this isn't new. This is the same conversation that you. Yeah, heard. I feel like this is the same conversation. I do feel like this conversation has happened over and over and over again, mm, and it know. doesn't get you anywhere. I guess this doesn't go anywhere because you're not going to stop people from liking what they like, and if people keep liking what they like that thing is going to keep getting rewarded. You're not going to stop this system. So I don't understand why you want to demon, demonizing it when 
how about we teach our people to be a little bit more to think with some discernment instead of just following with the masses. I think it's the only way you're going to be able to, but you're not going to be able to do that either. So I don't know. I don't even understand the point of the conversation, really. Well, the point of the conversation is that you're seeing a direct impact on the youth. You are. Not everybody, not all you. In the 90s, too. Yeah, and that was a problem then. Like, why do we... It doesn't... It's not going to stop. It's been... The 90s were 30 years ago. And the same things that people were saying to deflect from the conversation then are being said now because it's part of the truth. I don't... It's not going to stop people from liking what they like. It's not... That's not... That's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. It's more... What do you you want to happen? Like, from from the conversation, what happens after the conversation? I think the first thing is that having the conversation puts more consciousness on the artist to understand the power they're wielding. To your point, I get you want to make money. I understand that. But understanding like, hey, like I really have a real influence on people listening to this music. They aren't, they, you know, whether they should or not be, they aren't just looking at this as entertainment. Some of them are actually using this as a blueprint or not even a blueprint, using this as a potential path they aspire to. And if I'm not clear in my messaging that I'm not glamorizing whatever it was, that's just part of like my experience, they may misinterpret what I'm saying to them. It's like, oh, well, shit. He or she got to this point. They have the life that I want to live. This is the path they took. I'm going to take that path. Now, I think that's part of it. It's not that we're like, hey, Jay-Z or whoever it is, you're the reason all this is bad. No. Because to your point, you can have that conversation. Every artist or more of them can start making sure they have more nuance in their music so people are at least hearing both the good and the bad of their experiences. But that doesn't change anything if the parents aren't, the families aren't involved, they don't seem to have any real prospects in terms of whether it be education, entrepreneurship. That that's not good. Like that doesn't change anything. But this is more. I'm just one of those things that like I just remember having this conversation with Shorty and like ah, it's entertainment. That's not it. That's that's like I keep it keeps coming back. And then when you see the kids like directly, not all obviously, directly sort of referencing. And this thing in case of drill music where it's like on these smaller scales, these guys are directly talking about their lives, which is then leading to them or those around them getting killed or injured. I mean, those are, those, see... But that, but drill music got popular. Is, I mean... Not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a drill artist to have any response. He believes the shit he's saying. I, I understand what you're, I hear you. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I just feel like at least having the conversation, I don't expect the kids to be the ones to, because they have a different perspective. I'm even talking about guys in their 20s. I'm more so speaking to the artists or those who've been who are involved in music who kind of know just from experience, from history, kind of what they're seeing and sort of trying to give those gems back to the youth to at least understand, to get a more nuanced perspective. Because they're not going to listen to somebody who's not in that environment. Like, hey, you work off a job. Set your square ass up. But if they are hearing from those who have been where they're going, they might at least get a different, like, a different uh, outlook on that, what they're that's doing. That's cute you think these kids listen. I, I don't think it's cute. I think I think we like to. This is my opinion. I think people think kids really don't want structure and want guidance. But I think that's the truth. I think that's the quite opposite of the truth. I think that's the problem. The reason they wild out because they don't feel like they have anyone who's really gives a shit about them, and they just kind of do whatever they do to sort of they find structure where they can. But I think kids crave structure and environment and nurturing, and those who get it have a better kids shot. Kids inherently rebel against that until they at least, especially nah. these days, until twenty five or thirty. Nah. I mean, kids are always going to push back when they want to sort of grow their boundaries. We did it too. This, we probably didn't do some of the same stuff people are doing now, but we I'm had our own variation. I'm just looking at the 
Come the on. blue faces and the young thugs of the world who are this constant reminder that they do what they want. Like, but regardless of what all that shit you're talking about, where you're saying that they, they should do better, they not they're doing what they want to do. It's about their wants. It's hedonism at its finest. That the people are not they don't care about your your owl or eagle eye view of things, your perspective. They care about their lives and what they're living from a day to day. A lot of especially th- these days, because of the way we receive our content and our, our would, media, is everything's quick and, and everything's instant gratification. But I would dis- I would I gotta disagree see with what you from I, I gotta experience. see results from what I'm doing today. I have to be gratified in this moment. Like it's not this perspective. So I would disagree with you from personal experience because when I was mentoring for three years, like kids who were, were boys from the ages of as young as maybe 10 or 11 through 18, I directly saw like some of these kids, you know, different walks of life, directly saw, not just me, but it was like a group of individuals. Saw like how at first the ones that were kind of like, oh, okay, these old niggas, they just here just to sort of pat themselves on the back and they're not really here for us. But just in working with them and learning about them and trying to help them, you could see like over time, like they would, the program really helped some of those kids like really keep sort of their their head in the game, not to kind of go too reckless. That doesn't mean it works every single time, but I think adults not sort of just brushing off the fact that there are challenges when working with young people because everybody was young and knucklehead so at some point did their own variations of rebellion. It's part of growing up. But knowing that you have people there who are really looking out for you does help. It, gives, it doesn't guarantee 100% success rate, but more often than not, having that environment they feel like they're heard and they can be nurtured and they can, their dreams matter, you're going you're gonna to help more than you're going to hurt. That's all that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I think it, we can, in, in some cases, if the music is one of the things that's raising you and you are able to determine, like, oh, this is just music. This person is doing this because it's popular and it sells. The person themselves have to make a choice. And a lot of times I see that that choice is not the right thing. The person themselves does have to make a choice, but a lot of times the people who are making the wrong choices to the point I think you were getting to earlier, wow, Jesus Christ, was that it's not just the music. It's the fact that there's all these other things around them that are just not really in the space to... Back a better way. Not when your uncles have been gang banging and your uncle uncle been gang banging, your granddaddy been gang banging, and you see that as a way of life, not just a bad choice, a way of life. It's very hard to cure that. The same way, it's very hard to cure abuse. People who have been in abusive relationships tend to always tend to fall into more abusive relationships because that's normalized. But also, it's hard. it takes a lot of work for that person. That person has to just decide that they want to overcome that. Yeah, but if someone... Because unless they do, all you could be there, all you want to. Yeah, but someone yeah. who's a teenager, even someone who's up to 25, they aren't in a space usually to sort of make the choice only on their own. You're still developing as a person. So you're right. There are people who've grown up in environments where it's part of the culture. But also, I do remember, it wasn't everybody, that there were, there were at least when we were coming up, not everybody... The old head gangsters, they kind of knew what kids, they, they tried in their own way to keep certain family members of certain kids like out of, the, out of that life. It's like, yo, you, you, we're getting the girls, we're getting this fast money. You think it's, it's sweet, but this ain't really for you, bro. Go that way. I remember there was a, just a shooting in, in my neighborhood in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I remember this old head saying, 
that back in the day we used to have a code. We didn't do that around a certain time. Yeah. We're getting further and further away from what we decided or what we thought was decent. And there's always a new standard for what's decent. And for from us, from our point of view, we feel like it's less than like we're we're degrading ourselves more every decade. But but I'm it's getting worse. It's not getting better. And this idea that these kids really want something, they're not proving that by their choices. Mm, and I, I get that a lot of them, and you mm. know what? Like, like the point I was making, that choice for a lot of them is made based off, like, it's like being an American. You, you will, a lot of the choices of how you think are based off of where you grew up. You've grown up an American, but if you were in China, you have a different idea of the way government works and the way government treats you. Or you just have a different idea of government, period. You may see it as an oppressor. You may see it as something that should have utilitarian rule. You shouldn't have freedoms to, to say X, Y, and Z. Like, you may feel that way. Like, when you grow up around a certain amount of circumstances, mm-hmm. your beliefs are so much different than what you deserve. Like, you, Alex, what you've grown up through and considered to be decent. If somebody else could be grown up in a different world altogether where your idea of decent sounds like a fairy tale. Sounds like something that's not real. And it sounds like it's something with a lot of, especially people in our culture, you can see with sci-fi, the way black people don't, there's a huge population of us that don't take to a start towards sci-fi because it's not real. Mm, I don't and know. I feel like I have to be grounded in reality to survive. It's like a survivalism. I can't escape this reality. And what reality <laughs> is for me is this, mm. <laughs> is this gangster shit every day. So It's making money no matter what. So is if you disrespect me, I'm gonna go home and get my my tool and come back. So it sounds like a few things there. I think it sounds like you know what you were trying to core what you were saying at the beginning of this topic was. It's easy to point at art and say, "Hey, art, you're the reason things are fucked up." It's really more of the realities of these people of people's lives, their circumstances. I hear you. I do. I do think to your point. The like, okay, you have the conversation about music or movies. Cool. What's next? I think to your point, you get to the larger topic of like, it's the it's the fact that this may be the only sort of uh, guiding lights for some people in terms of why it's so it comes so internalized or it's there's no counterbalance. But to that, a great metaphor. Just a quick wrap up. If your hand grows gangrene and you have to cut it off, or you feel like cutting it off, you didn't fix the solution. So you can talk about this hand. You can have this conversation about, yeah, we need to cut this thing off. It's very hard to, to come to it, but you have to do it. Such as the music. We have to cut off this mentality of uh, self-gratification and money over everything and flexing over everybody. Cool. But you don't fix the real problem. Why did this hand go grain green in the first place? What are you eating? How are you taking care of yourself? Are you uh, uh, hygiene, X, Y, and Z? You're not really taking care of it. You just cut off the, the foot of the hand. Same with diabetes, anything. Same thing with this issue. I feel like you're talking about an appendage of our culture instead of talking about why did this appendage become this way anyway? Because in the very beginning, hip-hop was talking about the surroundings, Picking, talking about how I am influenced on a day-to-day basis. I'm a sponge to everything that's around me. I don't have a lot of resources, but I can do this, and I can do this in the most flashiest and flyest way. Granted, the most flashiest and flyest way. Why do I have to live my life the most flashiest and flyest way and I'm only influenced and have no influence? It's the cry out. And it's been that way. 
It's always been that way. And all people have all always done is, why are you crying this out? It's horrible. Stop, stop, stop infecting our culture with your cries of, of, of pain and, 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 and awful graphic nature and whatever. And it's like, bruh, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're just offended by what you hear. And I, the only way I can get you to understand looting and rioting is by offending you. So for okay. you can understand what, you, what I'm talking about because you act like this world doesn't exist. But it now we know it does exist because we have social media. But mm-hmm. now it's so warped that white people have made it cool to be this way. And you, people will sit there and say it's black culture, black culture, black culture. No, white per- the white man with the jobs and the, and, no. and, and the establishment have created a reward system about perpetuating this feeling, this feeling of degradation and crying out, this being a victim, no. this having to have social standing that, that's deep rooted in money and not deep rooted in, 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 in anything that has any foundation. Okay. So it sounds... You know, I'm hearing like essentially you're describing a, a few things, but at least from the black culture's point, the the black perspective, it sounds like you're just talking about dysfunction. That's what it sounds like. Dysfunction, and not that we're dysfunctional people, but the things in place have created a dysfunctional environment, and the byproduct of that is that you continue to have not for everybody a certain group that kind of feels like they're in a cycle. No argument, not arguing that at all. Not arguing with you at all. I don't think I think it's hundred percent spot on. But I just at some point, I know you and I don't agree here. There has to be like a you gotta do I, something. You gotta do something. You have this idea of god damn it, just take ownership of this shit and let's move on. Like, but no, not even move you on. Understand the idea, the the perspective to say I want to take ownership is a big one. And you know you don't what? understand. You think it's something simple because I don't. It comes natural to you, but a lot of people, that ain't natural. So, and you know what? My, the, the core of this, and the core of this for me is a bit selfish because my real concern is since I'm, I'm living in the city, a major city, you know, Chicago, I got kids. And my yeah. concern, to be real, is that, you know, we choose to live in the black community. We choose that's what we know, that's what we're going to be. Um, my concern is that my boys may need to interact with people who come from different experiences. and. I'll be real. I'm worried that like what happens if one of these dudes who have come from an environment where you just go as far as you want to go, they get into it and one of my kids gets killed. All over nothing. All over like, that's real. I'm like I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned like because yeah, I can't be there. Every, I, I can't I got be a there. That's why I got a better there. So like my it's a bit selfish. Like, yo, I want you to do better so that my kids can be safe. But the reason why I got a better there is because I know you could call it what you want, y'all, but I don't feel like it is going to get better. Damn. So I left. Damn. Okay. Well, this is, whew, okay, let's, <laughs> let's, let's end on something positive. What you got? Uh, you said Lil Wayne and Eminem, what's that about? I, lo- I, I just, Lil Wayne or Eminem, who you got? Like, there's a lot Ooh. of conversations to be had around these two artists, because they're really, 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 really good and established rappers, right? Yep. From the old school. Two legends, in oh. my opinion. Two legends. But who you got? Because on one side, you got Lil Wayne. And Lil Wayne culturally has done more than anyone, I think, in hip-hop. He has influenced more Ooh. culturally in hip-hop than any other rapper ever. You might be right, brother, to be real with you. Like, I can't But Eminem... I can't even argue with that. 
is probably one of the best rappers ever, ever, just off based off pure talent. And in the two thousands, I recent Eminem is not bad. Let me make that very the clear. Songs are never good, Al. Actually, I would I would say that the mm, it's, I, if I you like want to vibe with a song, Eminem doesn't do very good with making a great vibe. <laughs> What I I I am not even gonna front like the albums the first three I was a big fan of them. I thought it was yeah classic yeah, I love but it comes from a day and age where you know bars were bars were front and center nowadays it's how the song makes you feel mm. is front and center of music now and I think that hey you know, it, when we had the conversation about lyrics and content it's like okay but how did the song make you feel <laughs> I think that a lot of times we. <laughs> should just dumb down our entertainment a little bit because <clears throat> that's our chance to let loose. So with Eminem, <laughs> he never gives you an opportunity to let loose because he's coming bar after bar after bar after bar after bar after bar all the time. I love his endurance for that reason. Like even in a recent album, there's a lot of bars. There's a lot of bars. It's a lot of them. There are. More so than Eminem. Eminem is just riding, I mean, not Eminem, uh, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is riding the vibe nowadays. Because he's, he's already sold his seed of being, being so, who he is. Sometimes he catches a pocket though, where he like he gives you yeah. vintage way. Like that Tyler the Creator album, the last one he had a nice uh, verse on that. He comes in with a nice little feature now. Is that his albums are, you know, a couple of songs here and there, but like I think you know his uh, days of coming with a full album of front straight to back are kind of over. Like I think over for, me. for on that verse, uh, God did. I know Jay Z got a lot of publicity, like a lot of praise. Lil I thought Wayne I thought verse. Wayne went in. I was like, whoa. Yo, he's yeah, he, 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 Jay was spitting facts, but Wayne was he was hitting, he was hitting every level. Yeah. Oh, but um, who ooh. you got, Lil Wayne or Eminem? Because <sighs> without Eminem, you don't get Fifty Cent. I like, uh, I was a big fan of Fifty, but I'd be okay with that. I guess you don't get power. I'd be okay with that. I mean, I don't mean no, that in a negative Lil way. Wayne, Lil Wayne, you don't get. Well, Lil Wayne, you wouldn't have ninety percent of the rappers you have now. Yes, I'm just yes. keep be real. Lil Uzi Vert. Young stuff, you wouldn't get. <laughs> he wouldn't get Drake, t- You wouldn't get Nicki Minaj. You, you wouldn't get <laughs> a ton of people. Like he, a lot of rappers come from his tree, in my opinion. Um, yeah. oh, that's tough. Because I would say if we were, t- that's why I spoke about time frames. We were talking like late nineties to early two thousands. I'd go Eminem. But with I Wayne, I think that late nineties to the early two thousands, it might still be Lil Wayne off no. the strength of the Carters. The Carters are in the early 2000s. Well, he dropped the Carter in, I think, 04. He dropped the Carter, I think, in 03. Mm. 03, 04 is still early 2000s. But Eminem was before, he was like, like 90. Yeah, you're like, right, you're he right. was starting to like Lil Wayne was die a, down. A hot boy. Yeah, at that at point. That yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't the variation. He, wasn't, he didn't hit like that level yet. So I think at that point, I'd say from 04 on, yeah, it's Lil Wayne. Wayne just had a crazy run from like for like a good seven, eight years. I felt like maybe not that long. He had a good, crazy a run. Yeah, it was like yeah, he, he was fire. Uh, if I had to pick one, damn, I have to go. Hmm. Like, was one gotta go? I'm just saying, which one's better to me? Better's tough. Which oh, better one? is what I really want. I don't do that. Which. Which one, four of them, which one of these got to go? I'd be like, bro, it's that one all day. Ooh, give me I don't know. Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. Because, I mean. The future. It's future. I feel like Eminem made songs 
that like could resonate with you. Like not all of them. He had these certain songs where like you could you could resonate with like a person's like sort of uh, inner feelings. You could relate to it. Like if I think of uh, "Lose Yourself," I know that's another real poppy song, but I think a lot of people that, in my opinion, it kind of gave you like a modern day kind of rocky vibe, where it's kind of like yeah. you believe in yourself. Go for Eye it. I have the tire like. It's kind of that kind of vibe, and I, I, I still love that song. I'm not going front. I like it. It's, you, you know, it pumps you yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, he is an underdog rapper, for yeah. sure. He always comes with the underdog mentality. But I got to go Wayne. Like, Wayne, that run he had, bro, it was just too much fire. Like, those those mix, those mixtapes, Jesus Christ. Glowing with the Cardinals, goddamn. He was, like, it was scorched I actually, earth. if we just talk earth. about rapping, just bars, I'm going to go a little, uh, I'm sorry, Eminem. And if you're talking about making songs, Lil Wayne is a better song maker. Yes. I would say Eminem. I don't know. The man. Eminem Wayne bars are bar. silly. Like, it's not, even a, it's not even on the same. It's just throwaways. It's like, I can just, I got all of the, I got days for that. I get to sit at home writing all goddamn day. Because I don't, because he's a writer. He's not Lil Wayne. He's not just hopping in the booth and coming up with clever rhymes. This this shit is cultivated. He erases shit and writes over them. My, like lyrics, my first thought was Eminem, but I would to, to your point, their styles are so different. I would almost go one A, one B. I think they're I think lyrically, not that they're the same. Nah, you can't Yeah, I I they ain't nobody turning on this fucking podcast to listen to hear some one A, one B bullshit. I'm just one or the other. Man. I lyrically I can't say one is like hands down better than the other. I can't say it. You gotta. What well, you, you need to? I, I, I already, pick, I already picked Wayne. Reason. I already said Wayne. I already said Wayne. Okay, then it's Wayne. But you know, like lyrically, ah, they one one A one B to me. <laughs> I'm being real. Like to your, but you haven't made a choice. I have made a choice, but lyric. I said overall Wayne. But if we're talking about okay. lyrics, they're about equal. Okay, I'm being honest. But you, okay, I, better I songs is Wayne. Right? Sell out. I, I choose Eminem. Sell out. All this black empowerment talk and defending the culture. And we splitting the hairs. The heels of society. We splitting the hairs when you talk about Eminem, Lil Wayne. There's no. You ain't real. We splitting the hairs. You don't deserve your black queen. Get out of here. Ridiculous mess. <laughs> <You can't, laughs> come take her. If I don't deserve her, come Listen, take her. I, See how that goes for you. I mean, it's with all respect. One headache is enough. <laughs> I don't know how cats do the 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 two and three and four. I'm like, bro, because they how, don't really. I'm like, how y'all do? Somebody's getting shorted because <laughs> they like, don't really. <laughs> I know you're. Right. I love my wife, but whew, I'm like, this is not for the so, week. One of the women are taking the scraps, so they happy with it because she either got something going on on the side herself, or true. she just don't. That's true. Love herself enough. Anyway. But we went way over. Uh, if you're still listening, we appreciate it. We got into a little bit of the the classic debate as. You see, uh, Tristan is very passionate about the black community, and he does not shy away from being vocal when he hears scapegoat arguments. His opinion, which I appreciate. <laughs> no, you. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I think it's. I just you know reiterate it again, just for the people out there. <laughs> if you want to, I feel like you got to look at media as a whole and not just pick one of them. You know what I'm saying? And mm. it's always us. Hmm. Right now we got we got all these Bill Cosby and, and R. Kelly conversations. And I get there are conversations that need to be had, but we stopped talking about Kevin Spacey and we stopped talking about Harvey Weinstein. Like I don't hear about them 
as much. And yo, low key, uh, Johnny Depp and uh, old girl, that was the most ratchet relationship I've ever Amber heard. That's the most real ratchet shit. And nobody looks at it that way. Like, we're not looking at that as a ratchet ass relationship. We don't look at it as, uh, 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 to me, just a white representation of basketball wise. <laughs> like, it's the same thing. It's mm. trash. And, but we don't see it when it's the other side. We don't see it that way. We don't, when we see black people up there, we see, oh, you just, you disgracing us. You disgracing us. And it's like, this is how people do this on TV. Like, if, if you're going to be on TV and it's a reality show, it's going to be stupid. It's because it has to be for people to watch it. That's just the nature of the beast. It ain't got nothing to do with black and white because black culture is wrapped up in it. That doesn't mean that it's our fault or that we need to take ownership of this happening. This is just, this is America. America gets down this way. Hmm. I know. Well, as much as I have questions, uh, I think I'll, we'll end it there. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we back, y'all. Yeah. Uh, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> if you want to hear two old man rant. So. Yeah. All right. That is that. All right, no. All right, bro.